0: In that year, I didn't really care about my schoolwork. I just had to get through the year. So I spent a lot of my time just researching recipes online and researching like veganism or just health and fitness and all that stuff. And I also started to take photos of the food I was making and just just wanted to share it because I enjoyed the photography aspect of it all. But Instagram, I think I had like around maybe 10K followers when I left school. Then it kind of slowly just went up from there. I started YouTube in January 2015. With YouTube, I started with just my iPhone. For my tripod, I used a tissue box. I just stuck my phone in the tissue box. Like <laughs> I'll be truthful, Like I put a lot of videos on private, especially the talking <laughs> ones, because I'm just a bit embarrassed of how yeah. I was speaking, but i to start somewhere. I'm really grateful I'm able to do what I enjoy as you know, a job and earn income from
1: that. That's Tess Beg, and this is the proof podcast One of the best ways to track our health is to regularly get blood work done so, we can take a peek under the hood and get a feel for the state of our cardiometabolic and hormonal health. You can do this with your local doctor, or you can use a service like Inside Tracker. The nice thing about Inside Tracker is they make the process super convenient. You can organize their phlebotomist, a person who draws blood, to come to your house or office to do the blood draw. A few days later, your results show up in the Inside Tracker app, and they provide lifestyle recommendations based on whether a particular test is suboptimal, normal or optimal. I've checked InsideTracker's lifestyle recommendations, specifically the exercise and nutrition ones, and I can confidently say they are evidence-based and in line with the information shared in both my book and on this show. They even added ApoB to their ultimate plan, based on recommendation from myself and others. It's also nice to have all of your lab results readily accessible in one mobile app making it easy to pull up past results and see trends and patterns over time get 20 percent off the entire inside tracker store to get started go to insidetracker.com forward slash simon for this exclusive offer that's insidetracker.com forward slash simon if you're a long-time listener of this show you'll be well aware of the scientific evidence that supports a high-fiber, plant-rich diet for good long-term health. And while I certainly believe in a food-first approach, there is a role for supplements to help optimize the intake of specific nutrients and address any nutritional gaps. Enter Emile. Emil is a plant-based wellness company with a series of products to help you optimize your plant-based diet. Two of my favorite products being the Essential 8 Multivitamin and the Optimal Omega Plus. The essential aid contains 8 key nutrients that plant-based eaters often fall short in. And the Optimal Omega Plus contains a direct source of DHA and EPA omega-3s, same as in fish, but from algae. In fact, taking Optimal Omega Plus daily, which contains 750mg of EPA and DHA, is equivalent to eating 2-3 to pieces of fatty fish per week, in line with the nutrition recommendations globally. To get your Essential 8 and Optimal Omega Plus, head to theproof.com forward slash friends and follow the link which will get you an extra 10% off your first order. That's theproof.com forward slash friends. Tess Beg, welcome to the Plant Proof Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to, to finally have you here. We've we've spoken about doing this for a while now, and for the listeners out there. Tess and I, we live in the same suburb. I think you actually, when you moved to Bondi, you dropped, what did you drop? You <laughs> dropped, you dropped over some acai, you had too much acai berries, so you dropped oh, yeah. it over to, to my freezer. Because I
0: couldn't, I um, get to leave the fridge off for like 24 hours or something before you moved
1: it. So <laughs> yeah. So I, I technically, I helped you move to Bondi. Yeah. A bit.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Now, most, most of the listeners know who you are and, and I really don't need to do much of an introduction, but Today, the the aim, from particularly from my end, is to really understand how you have landed in this place where you are now, where you're only like, what, 20, 21? 21. 21. So you're so young, you're so positive you're doing such inspirational work online, and you can really see the passion that is going into the work that you're doing. And it's inspiring. It's inspiring to see someone so young who has that dedication. And I think... By the end of this episode, I really want to understand how you've come to that place, this place where you are now so quickly. So let's let's sort of wind back the clock and go over your childhood. Were you born in Sydney?
0: No, so I was born on the Gold Coast and I grew up there up until I was thirteen. And growing up, um, typical Aussie family, uh, like you know, with what we eat and what we do and stuff. Sure. Dad surfs, so I grew up surfing a lot. And
1: whereabouts on the Gold Coast was this?
0: Um so we lived in Ashmore, okay. um, which is a bit out further. But yes, yeah, so I've lived all over the Gold yeah, Coast. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you remember what um what beaches you'd go to, to surf at?
0: Oh, um, so I actually learned to surf at Cabarita. Oh nice. Um, which is a really nice yeah, beach. Yeah, yeah, but cool. we'd go down to I think it's Naroneck.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was
0: our main beach. Because
1: you, I see you go up to Gold Coast quite a bit, right? You're always posting at all the new vegan food places. (laughs) If anyone wants to know where to eat on the Gold Coast, you need to (laughs) hit up Tess or check out some of her videos. I think I went to a few of your recommendations recently. Mm. I went to um, Greenhouse. Oh, yeah. And I've been meaning to go to that other one, the one that's... L.C.? No, I went to L.C. There's that place that's a little bit south of Tweed Head's Oh, familiar
0: takeaway. Familiar takeaway. Oh, it's about
1: Shout out to you guys. I've been meaning to come. Really come awesome. down. It looks it looks amazing. So I'll definitely be checking them out next time. <laughs> anyway, so you grew up in Gold Coast, ty- yeah. typical family, and you said typical sort of food. What what? Just just for the international listeners, what is in typical Australian diet growing up?
0: <laughs> um, I mean
1: meat pies. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: party <laughs> pies. For like breakfast, I hated having breakfast growing up. Um, so it was like the worst thing I'd have to eat. But if I did eat anything, it was just like, you know, toast with Vegemite. Lunches, mainly like school lunches, sandwiches, ham, cheese, after school, two-minute noodles, you know, that type of stuff. Pizza on the weekend and for dinner, um, it was mainly just like pasta or um, steak and veggies. And I actually, I remember growing up. Every time I would, I would eat steak, I'd, like, chew the steak because it would, like, hurt my teeth so much. I'd just spit out the steak and, like, suck the juices out, which is really gross. Yeah, but wow. Like, I hated.
1: Yeah, was, I remember. It was too painful. I remember having chewy steak as well. Yeah. It was not the nicest experience as a kid to stay at the table until you finish your plate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, and and as, as a kid and you're eating these meals... Mm. Um, We'll, we'll no doubt touch on, on a lot of your passions later on, but you're definitely very passionate about animals and mm. you post a lot about animals. And I know you have a dog we spoke about. <laughs> yeah. At this stage of your life, did you have pets and was there any sort of connection between the animal foods that you were eating, um, whether it was meat pies or steak, and and where they came from?
0: Yeah, so we had um, two dogs and a cat um, and then other little animals over the years. And I was not conscious at all of, like... Animals, uh, what ends up on our plate, didn't really make a connection.
1: Okay, and as you sort of grew up on the Gold Coast outside of surfing, what were what were some of your your other interests and and hobbies? What did you do? What when you were at school? Can you remember you know sort of aspiring or insp- being inspired by doing something as a career or something when you grew up? Like what was? To
0: be honest, I didn't at that point have any idea what I wanted to do when I was older. Didn't really care about it, and throughout school, I didn't like a lot of sports. So I was really athletic. Um, I'd always do athletic carnivals. I've done you know, netball, soccer, football, like yeah,
1: football are, stuff yeah. For years basketball. So super active. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And how long did you stay on the Gold Coast before you moved from there?
0: I moved to Sydney when I was thirteen. Basically, my parents split up when I was around like ten, and over the next couple of years, it was you know a bit of bit tricky. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, when when I was when I was ten, my parents split up as well. So I know it can be uh, it can be tricky, particularly as a ten year old to mm-hmm. to deal. You know, whether there's politics or new relationships, things yeah, like yeah. that. So it's, it was just, it's hard to it deal was with.
0: Mainly like the the new relationships that were a bit um, unstable. Yeah, and for me, it was just moving back and forward between my parents yeah. a lot. It was just got too much. So. When I had the opportunity to move to my grandparents, um, which what happened, I took it because I, I was just open to some stability, new, new start, um, and yeah. also around ending primary school, hanging out, hanging out with the wrong people, going to the wrong crowd.
1: Yeah. Wow! As a as a as a what twelve year <laughs> old oh, twelve year old yeah. When you say wrong crowd, like what do we what do I'm trying to picture this?
0: <laughs> um, so at twelve, I had this friend I won't name in case she ever listened to this. But um, we just started smoking cigarettes. Which okay. Is, um, now I look back, it's disgusting. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes, drinking. and I was So you started very, drinking.
1: You start, You were introduced to alcohol at about 12. Yeah. Where were you guys? Was this like was st- weekends or after school or before school?
0: I think because I had that, uh, not freedom of my, I don't know. Cause how do I explain? Like my parents weren't.
1: There wasn't that stability at home. Yeah. Structure. Yeah.
0: I just, I was very manipulative of like lying to my parents and. Um, getting money. And I regret that so much. It's one of the things I regret is just manipulating them for money so I can go out with my friends and spend so much time with my friends. And I'd hang out. With...
1: Was that a bit of an escape for you to to be able to like, because you were dealing with stuff at home, that, um, like the drinking and the smoking and...
0: No, it was more so just like, just for fun, you know, like rebelling and just... Yeah, doing it because you're going through that rebellious it. phase. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, and although like it was really young, I am glad that it happened when I'm young because now I'm 21 and I don't drink or smoke or anything. I haven't even gone to a You've club. Done it. I haven't gone to clubbing or yeah. anything since being 18. So, but yeah, it was just hanging out with the wrong people. Um, so when I was 12, I'd you know would go out at night and <laughs> the funny thing we'd like sneak into this um, complex. We'd just like go into their pools and stuff at night. Um, so it was just doing all that type of stuff.
1: What's, what's interesting is that like at, at 12 or 13, did you have the sort of insight to know I'm hanging out with the wrong crowd or was that your parents telling you that and said you need to move to Sydney?
0: So that kind of, uh, well, this is, when was it? I think it was like 11 I actually started smoking. Um, but it's getting younger and younger. <laughs> I don't remember the years now. Um, I think it was at the time to move to Sydney, it was me being aware that I'm hanging out with the wrong people. But when I was in the, Doing it all, I didn't really Yeah,
1: because presumably they were some of your closest friends, right?
0: Yeah. Um
1: And so was it hard at all to leave them behind when you were when you were oh, in this new moved state? I
0: was I was very glad to get out of this school. Okay, so coast.
1: you really needed that new start.
0: Yeah, um I mean, God. School was a bit funny, like because I've moved around to so many different schools. Well, not a lot, but for me it's a lot. Um I've met so many people, um, both good people, amazing people, and then both bad people and i've been hated sometimes like a lot what,
1: what what would how would you describe yourself as a student were you were you quiet <laughs> were you a troublemaker were you you know always being called to the principals and the, the uh, teachers <laughs> yeah. um
0: so i would <laughs> always <laughs> be in trouble for uniform it's like a thing in australia only where you have to wear white runners and yeah so uniform was my main thing um
1: And was it just fun or were you sort of testing the boundaries? I
0: just did not care. I did not care. I'd turn up in high school. I turned up to school with just like a pen. (laughs) I never bought textbooks or anything. Like, you know, in later days, like a laptop
1: only. So I... Do you look back on that now and think, why why was I doing that? Or, or I
0: I know. I just just didn't care. I mean, at the same time, I look back and like recently, I've had to kind of go dig into math more. I'm like... I wish I listened in school, but at the same time, I probably would have remembered.
1: Do you, do you think that the, that sort of traditional school structure wasn't really suited to you, who you are?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, I did, I did love um, some subjects. So my favorite subjects in school was hospitality or like food tech, multimedia and woodwork. So I loved like yeah. in the younger years, woodwork's my favorite. Creative yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it
1: sounds like you're. You would be really suited to a more of a you know creative based yeah. school. than like not yeah. a really strict structure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but it's just it's interesting that there are different options for different people. Particularly yeah. now, I mean, there's I had um, Susie Cameron on the show. She was talking about a school that she mm. set up in America, Muse, which is is kind of what we're talking about. Is a little bit different to a traditional school. Okay, so you moved to Sydney, yeah. and you you really you, you needed to sort of get away from. From what your your previous life a little bit, yeah. The school. What was the the new new school like that you went to, and was it was it hard to make new friends? Did you jump straight into year seven?
0: So, also basically, I finished up primary school on the Gold Coast in year seven, and then because I moved to like Tweed Ads, which is in New South Wales, I ended up going to year seven again because that's primary uh, high school there. And then when I moved back to the Gold Coast, I went into year eight, and then went to high school in Sydney.
1: Okay, year eight. So, yeah, so you have jumped around a bit.
0: Yeah, um, and I went to a Catholic primary school. Then I went to a Catholic high school in Tweed, and then I went to a state school in Southport, and then when I went to Sydney, I went to an all-girls school. Okay. Yeah.
1: So a was, big was that a big change? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, it was very different. So,
1: did you, is that where you stayed? You stayed at that school for?
0: Yeah, the rest of
1: the rest of your schooling? schooling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. I, I went there though because um, my one of my best friends in Sydney that lives across the road from my grandparents. Went went to that went to school. There. Okay,
1: yeah. so that like, would have yes, been her. that would have been helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah, a bit. She was two years older, so okay, cool.
1: So as you progressed through high school, the year nine, ten onwards, were were you still that very sort of cheeky, mm. testing the boundaries type student the whole way through?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> still,
1: so nothing really changed. Not,
0: nothing really changed. Nothing in that sense changed. I mean, kind of nothing else changed <laughs> either. I still. Yeah, So
1: tell me about, the, did you fall back into the wrong crowd or were you, some of these habits of smoking and the drinking, what were, what, what happened with your lifestyle as you, as you moved to Sydney and were going through high school?
0: So, but, oh, I forgot to add before earlier on that um when I started smoking cigarettes, I ended up getting into smoking weed as well. And when I moved to Sydney, I made a vow to like not smoke or drink. And when I was younger, I didn't really drink that much anyway. It was kind of like occasional little sip. But when I moved to Sydney, I didn't smoke a drink or anything for probably like two years. And then one of my best friends, we were talking about like when we were younger and stuff. And like we both never told each other that we smoked before. But then when it like, both came out that we both used to and she still does, that was when I kind of like started off again. Just for like fun, we'd go smoke weed again. Um, but I, never, I didn't smoke cigarettes anymore because that's... I
1: didn't like. Wow! So you guys were kind of both hiding, yeah. Scared yes, if the really. other was going to judge, yeah. And then it came out, and then. <laughs> it,
0: but I mean, looking back, as much as it's like I don't, I don't like it now. It was we had some very funny times,
1: okay. <laughs> and at this stage through high school, I just want to sort of. And a picture, your diet was still the same. You're still sort of eating these typical Australian, even worse. worse, Um, When you say that, like junk food?
0: Yeah. So I would eat McDonald's, Hungry Jack's, um, pizza, just rubbish. how did you
1: feel? Was your health? What was your health like?
0: Typical. I mean, not the, oh, so so later on, like in the later years, when I was like around 13, 14 and stuff, it it was kind of normal. But when I got into like around 14, yeah, around 14, 15 was when it started to like creep up on me, the constipation. Wow. And, really? Yeah, digestion and everything just really...
1: And was that something that you you had to go see professionals for or were you just sort of keeping it to yourself?
0: So with that, I didn't go and see anyone about it, it was, but I just tried everything under the sun that you can buy over the counter. Um,
1: what, like laxatives? Yeah,
0: or... and they just made everything worse. Like I felt like everything that I was doing to help was just piling up and making it worse. And that kind of just, yeah, that was horrible.
1: Okay. And... I mean, we, we were speaking about what you were eating at this time. We spoke about smoking and drinking. You're, you're living with your grandparents at this yeah. this time of your life. Were they aware of this, of what you were sort of getting up to? And what did they mm. think about it? Like, what, were, what what's their influence like been on you?
0: I said they're really lovely people, but I was very good at being sneaky. And growing up, um, my parents did not know when I was younger that I was smoking and drinking, whatever. And my grandparents did not know either. And I, I, was, a real, I was a real shithead to them and my parents over the years. And now that I am old, I'm able to look back and acknowledge that I was, you know, being, being
1: yeah, yeah. bitchy. Is that time. like so, a conversation that you ever had with them to say um, like, Oh, I'm not sure how you put up with me when I was younger. Kind, or? kind
0: of over the years, but I haven't really like full, full on conversation about it. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: maybe, maybe in the future.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'll just yeah. looking back. I was very, very rude over the years, I guess. Mm.
1: Yeah. So you, so you sort of, you didn't feel amazing. You were in your, I guess, your later, moving towards your later sort of teenage years. Yeah. So, did you did you get on top of the digestion issues before you made a significant change to your diet? How did that sort of journey go?
0: So basically, I'll tell the storyline of how it kind of went. Was I we, we were smoking and stuff, weed every now and then. I was going out to parties and stuff, um, drinking and everything. And then,
1: were we a big drinker? No, 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 no. Like a, a lightweight. Drinker.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <The cheap laughs> yeah. um,
1: Which is uh, cask wine.
0: Yeah. For yeah. okay. <laughs> those aren't Aussie. And in, I think it was like April in 2014, we went out to smoke in Water Park. And this night is what literally changed me forever.
1: April, 2014. I think it was April, yep.
0: April or June. And um, so we're sitting at the park and we're smoking. Um, and I held the smoke in for too long and that kind of just, if you smoke, you probably know what greening out is. And it was just a whole cool trip from there. So I'm just looking into the distance and literally everything's starting to like, like a cloud just came over me. And I was talking and to my friend and like words were coming out faster than how I was thinking. It was just complete craziness in my brain. Um, I was just freaking out. I was like, I want to go to the hospital. Like just take me somewhere. Like I don't want to be here anymore. Complete you know, freak out. And She was just like, okay, we'll go back home. We'll go back home. I couldn't even walk properly. Like my arm was just being, I don't know. I was just being completely weird. Mm. And then we get back home and that night felt like it went for days. Wow. Um, It was just crazy. And it was was really weird. Like at one point I was saying, like, it was like my brain was like split personality for a second of like, I was saying really horrible things. And then like, I'd go back to saying like, wait, I don't mean those things. Like, what am I saying? And the funniest thing is I have a video of that night of me saying I need to change what I'm like, what I'm doing. I need to change like everything I'm doing.
1: I had that video. It's like it's, it's still it. got it now. Yeah, wow.
0: It's like crazy to look back that. Do, month you,
1: later. do you go back and watch it? Uh I don't have it on my phone. Have now. you shown it? Have you shown it to Jonah?
0: I think I have, maybe. But yeah, it was just crazy to look, look at that when I was like ages after when I actually had changed. I'm like, okay, that's like weird. But I definitely was aware, like, yeah, okay, I change. And so basically, that night went on um felt like years and the next day we woke up and I still felt high I just it was weird and I had to go to school that day so it was a Sunday night and it was Monday I had to go to school my friend went home she didn't go to school which was unfair but um I went to school and I just f- did not feel myself I felt high still and that's never happened before because normally
1: you know so something was different
0: yeah normally in only last like a couple hours yeah I felt weird the whole day and then I ended up going home I still felt very Basically, to explain it, it was just so. Now that what I knew what it is, um, I had depersonalization or derealization. Um, It's when you feel like really alienated and just in a dream, Um, and it can. So weed doesn't cause it, but it can trigger it. So if you have like underlying issues or whatever, substances can like trigger it. Dig it up, make it, make it. Or even like you know, traumatic events and stuff can Mm. cause it. So um, it is a thing, and.
1: so, is that something you had to work you through by yourself or did you did someone help you?
0: So, that was something I...
1: How long did it myself. last?
0: So, basically, um, on the second day of me, like, experiencing it, I end up, like, calling my dad and calling my sister and just, like, crying, like, what the hell? Um, and he was like, you know, that's the unfortunate thing that can happen sometimes, blah, blah, blah. And from there, like, I just kind of... he told He actually told me to focus on eating a healthier. This is
1: your dad? Yeah, yep. drinking
0: plenty of water um, to just detox your body and like, kind of just, you know, get whatever, like, you
1: know. And just, try and get the balance back. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and sweat it out as well. So in my head, I was like, okay, um, what am I going to do? Like, I need to do something because I'm just, I'm sick of, because basically, like, depersonalization, you just feel like in a dream. You don't feel like you're in reality. You're just looking at yourself from an outside perspective. perspective. And looking in the mirror, I just did not, kind of know who I was. It was just really scary. I so you lost really that alone. sense of identity. Yeah. I just felt very alone and scared. And then once my dad told me like, to, you know, like sweat it out and try and do something, I was like, okay, I'm of feeling alone by myself all the time. I need to do something. So I thought, okay, I'll do yoga. And I was thinking, oh, yoga isn't really for me. Then I joined the gym. And from there, that's kind of where it went uphill. And like started being positive. So
1: this is about 2014. Yeah,
0: so I joined the gym in June, 2014. Yeah. Um, and once I started to join the gym, I kind of just felt a bit better. But still, every now and then, I would it would like kind of hit me like the the feeling of like being in a dream. Uh, there was this YouTuber I watched. His videos are very old. He was like Harris Harrington. Yeah, his videos are very helpful in understanding just like what DP is. And watching these videos kind of like explained, you know, what like what you were react- experiencing. Yeah, and like how to react to it and just acknowledge that you're still sane and you're in reality is just not feeling I
1: guess it was comforting to realize that it was something that other people had gone through and experienced I
0: actually um I did have a video on YouTube earlier on explaining what happened like this story and it was crazy to have so many people comment saying this they've experienced the same thing yeah wow yeah so once I joined the gym exercising and stuff I did a lot of the gym classes just to be around people and kind of from there it went went uphill
1: okay and uh, what was your were you looking at your nutrition? So as you were going through the gym and making changes and like getting fit physically, were you changing things on your plate?
0: So the funny thing with this story is that earlier on in the year when Asina O'Neill was popping, if you do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I came across her Instagram. I was like, oh, Vegans, like, what the heck? So stupid. But it kind of stuck with me, the the videos I saw and everything. And then I think I was in school and
1: So was that two that was twenty fourteen when the Cena started putting content out oh, around she, them. Well, she or before. Was
0: before, but before. that was around Because
1: she went right? offline, right? Yeah. She's gone offline.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Very long time ago. Yeah. And in school one day on Tumblr, I came across a video of cows like going around on their the what is it? Not carousel, but what it is. Like in their crates to get milked.
1: Okay, yeah. Um and yep. then
0: another thing of like chickens getting swept up into like this machine to go get you know, killed and stuff. Chopped
1: up, like, the male chickens, the chicks, um, the male chickens. No, chicks. this
0: was, like, chickens in their pen and no, the their machines pen. coming up yeah. to, like, just sweep them up. Yeah, kind of okay. the And I saw that and I was just, like, very, okay, this... still Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's
1: confronting.
0: But I didn't still make the, the whole click of, you know, I need to change what I'm eating. And now, remember now looking back, one time I was eating McDonald's and I was, like, looking at the beef patty, I'm thinking, this is a cow, and I kind of made a joke about it, but in my head I'm, like... I do remember being. You were
1: starting to, yes. to draw the connection. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and once I had the experience of me like asking myself, what is reality? What am I doing with my life? Like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? What is anything? I started to really question, okay, what am I eating? Why am I eating this? This is an animal. And then when I started to come across, like, I think it's is it Aussie Farms and Animals Australia, I'm watching all like the videos on the chickens and everything, just seeing a lot of animals. I just kind of looked into the eyes and I thought, okay, like these animals, like look back into your eyes always, like they they are someone, not just food. And from there, just made the
1: change that whole perspective. Yeah, definitely. And were you left then thinking, okay, is it healthy to take this out of my diet? Like, can, how am I going to do it?
0: Once I like, came to the like realization that animals are someone, not something, I went like pescatarian. And it kinda of all tied in because I wanted to eat healthy for the gym. So you're eating more smoothies and fruit and stuff. And then also me realizing like animals and everything. Pestictarian. And then a couple months later I went vegetarian. Um, and I didn't really think of like the is it bad for me to take these things out of my diet? Um, because I actually remember in school. I spent my time in school at this point, just sitting on my computer researching about this stuff. I remember coming across dairy, how it's like not, you know, like how it leaches calcium from your bones and whatever.
1: Yeah, because 2014, what, you were, you were in like year 10 or something. Yeah. So 10. you were doing this at, during high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were your friends thinking?
0: Oh, uh, so in high school at this point, I just kind of like kept to myself. I didn't really want to talk to anyone. So I just like sat by myself literally all the really time. And I mean, I still had like a few friends here and there, but.
1: So people weren't really aware of these changes that you were making so much?
0: Eventually people were aware because so they start like when I started to post, when I went vegan eventually, started to post on my Instagram and stuff, they all like thought the food was very interesting and Okay. So wanted, people
1: were curious. Yeah, and
0: they wanted me to actually bring the raw desserts okay, to scenery. Wow. So it was a positive yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was. Yeah. Okay. If you've tuned in to the many episodes I've done focusing on cardiovascular disease, the leading cause of death globally. to optimize your health and longevity. Your data tells the story of your health. With Inside Tracker, get to know your story and create a lifestyle that delivers better health for longer. Get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. To get started and redeem this offer, go to insytracker.com forward slash Simon. That's com forward slash Simon. After the challenge, you'll retest your 10 biomarkers and see the proof of how powerful these science-backed habits really are. Head over to theproof.com forward slash livingproof to download your zero-cost copy of the Living Proof Longevity Challenge today. That's theproof.com forward slash livingproof. Look forward to joining you on this journey. So that stage you've gone from pescatarian to vegetarian. And did you, at that stage, was sort of milk and cheese, were you sort of like, okay, well, it's not an animal itself, I'm okay with that? I was or addicted to milk. Addicted? Oh, not
0: Oh, no, not milk. So milk I gave up earlier. Um, I think it was the first thing I gave mm. up because it just made me feel sick. Um, cheese I kept for a very long time. But actually once I gave up the milk was when my digestion went really good and I was back to going to the toilet again. So Amazing. that was like once I realized that.
1: Like an epiphany. Yeah, I could go to the <laughs> toilet again.
0: I was like never having milk ever again. Besides okay. having like the it in other products,
1: yeah. Um, so like cheese, you were still having yeah, the cheese.
0: Yeah, didn't really make. But the the cheese
1: thing. is super addictive.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: It was... Okay. So how long did it take for you to remove cheese?
0: So it was all up until I, November first, um, twenty fourteen, when I did the vegan challenge.
1: Okay. So um, pretty quickly, moved through pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, November first. From then, I went vegan.
1: Okay, and what was the challenge like?
0: Oh, so it was the ve- Um, is it veganeasydotorg? Yeah, I think it's that one. I went. Yeah. I just did that challenge. Which re- was
1: what the twenty-eight day or thirty-day 30 yeah. challenge? Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't really like follow along with the challenge, but it was more so just because like I challenged myself. Therefore, I wanted to finish it, and yeah, I was happy with it. Like it was, it was really fun. Um,
1: and it gave you confidence that this is something you could sustain. Yeah. Yeah, and interested in terms of you said your friends at school were like interested and curious in terms of. The stuff you are putting on Instagram, and that's like year ten ish. Did you sort of think at that stage, wow, I, I could, I could really create content and build a great Instagram around this, and 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 develop a really positive message? Or how long did it take until you were like, okay, people are really interested in this?
0: Um, so when I was in school, so this was like, cause it all happened around the same time of me realizing what is life and what I want to do with my life, and you know, my diet and everything, I kind of just, so in the beginning of 2014, my my friend, my best friend dropped out of school and she went and did like um pastry chef and she's still an amazing pastry chef to this day. At that point, I was like curious to, if I want to drop out of school, but I thought I'd stay till the end of year, year 11. And then when it came to that point at the end of the year, that's when I wanted to drop out. So in the, in that year, I didn't really care about my schoolwork. I just had to get through the year. Um, so I spent a lot of my time just researching, researching recipes online and researching like veganism or just health and fitness and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. And I also started to um, take photos of the food I was making and just just wanted to share it because I enjoyed the photography aspect of it all and just experimenting with it. And it didn't really hit me up until January when I kind of like wanted to make something of it. Once I dropped out of school, so I dropped out of school in... The last this couple of weeks before the term finished in year 11. Um, so I got my year 11 certificate and you know, that. But I just did not want to go through to year 12. And when I dropped out, I actually wanted to do personal training. Um, I ended up doing a personal training course. I did, okay, all sure. the in, I did all the in-class stuff. But me just having no motivation when it comes to studying, I didn't do the online part of it and I didn't complete it. Um, <laughs> so that's when I kind of just focused on doing the social media stuff.
1: Sure. So at that stage, like had you built started to build a bit of a community like when you were at, towards the end of year 11, can you remember what Instagram and YouTube was like? Had so you started YouTube?
0: I had a YouTube channel. I started YouTube in January 2015. But Instagram, I think I had like around maybe 10K followers when I left school. Okay. Um, then it kind of slowly just went up from there. Sure.
1: Um, and was there some other, you mentioned a senior, but was there any, were there other girls or guys or or people out there that were inspiring for you, you were looking at them and and thinking, you know, that you could also create content, you know, similar or different that could help people, you know, transition to a plant-based diet?
0: I can't really think off the top of my head of any specific accounts, to be honest. I think I was like mainly a sinner and everything. Yeah, okay. There was freely for a little bit. Freely
1: um, the uh, banana. banana girl. Yeah. It's crazy because like so many of my guests, when I ask if they were inspired by anyone, Freely comes up yeah. quite a bit.
0: Actually, she was one of the people that kind of told me to get onto YouTube.
1: Okay, so you were you were chatting with Yeah, her.
0: so we actually went to a, a dinner um, okay, on the cool. Gold Coast one time uh, in January and she's like, oh, everyone should get on YouTube. You know, how they're like they're really motivated with that. And that's when I like thought, okay, I'll just do it and see what happens.
1: What did your grandparents think about you removing animal products from your diet?
0: So the way my family is, I've I've had a lot of questions about my family, how they reacted to me being vegan, and they've just been supportive always. Um, My parents and my family have always just like, you do you. That's Um, awesome. Do what makes you happy in life. Do what you want to do. So you
1: haven't had to explain or defend too much? With my
0: grandparents, because they're more old-fashioned, I've had to explain... That it's you know okay, and even when I was living there, um, my grandma felt much healthier eating the foods I was eating, and I've taught her a lot as well. Mm. Um,
1: Do you find that it's kind of I mean because you're living with them, they're also probably presumably preparing you food. Was it kind of tricky to like not make them think like they were doing anything wrong with the way that they were cooking? Like how did you sort of manage that? So.
0: Once I started like to get into cooking and everything, they stopped making my meals, and okay. I just started making my own meals.
1: Yeah, and they there. were just watching.
0: Yeah, but they, they didn't—they didn't really care. Um, they were you know, cooking their own food and wasn't really a bother.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, okay. it
0: was quite easy for me to go vegan with my family.
1: Okay, we 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 can't leave Jonah out of this conversation. When and how did you did you meet Jonah? And was I know he's a vegan now. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met him. He's a great fella. Was was he vegan then?
0: No, he wasn't vegan then. Um, so we met. Uh, we went to different schools, but his school was down the road from mine. And one morning, I was at the bus station and I saw him sitting there on the seat, and I thought it was cute. <laughs>
1: What was he doing? Was he just sort of minding his own business? Yeah,
0: minding his own business. And then I went to the like, corner store um, to buy a packet of Tim did Tams. Did you
1: guys connect? Like, did you have a bit of eye contact?
0: He didn't even acknowledge me. <laughs> but um, I went... He was
1: playing hard to get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went and bought a packet of Tim Tams for breakfast. This was my diet back in then. Um, I just eat chocolate for breakfast. And I was... So this is in
1: high school? Yeah,
0: this is yeah. I think, in year... Beginning of year nine. Okay. Um. So quite a while you guys, back.
1: You guys met a long time ago, Yeah,
0: yeah. Got on the bus and I've almost finished packing packet of Tim Tams, have one left. He sits, I think, behind me and he saw me having Tim Tams. He leans over and goes, can I have a Tim Tim? And then I had one left. So I bit it and I gave him other half and that was it. And in, romance. He, in, in his head, he was just like, wants a Tim Tam. I, like, now he told me, he's, he's one of the Tim Tam. But in me, my eyes, I was like, oh my God, Like he asked for a Tim that Tam. was his. Yeah. That was him breaking the ice. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and so he, he took a Tim Tam.
0: Yeah. And then that was it. And he didn't give me his name or anything, but I went onto Facebook, wow, did mysterious. my stalking and I just went through someone else's friends that I thought maybe would have him on there. Found him, added him, and he was just like, now that you told me he was like, what the heck? How did you even find me? Like, you know, I didn't even give you any details. And then I added him and we just kind of became friends from there. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until twenty fifteen, April, we went to the city together. And from there we just like started dating kind of
1: and by that said you'd already changed the way you yeah, were eating yeah. Had he was he sort of asking questions and noticing how you were eating.
0: Well, he said that he now that like we're dating for ages he's told me what he used to think back in the start and everything. What did he think? He had to google what veganism was cuz he had no clue, <laughs> but he thought the food that I made on Instagram and stuff looked cool. Okay. And he already knew like I remember when we first started talking when we were dating I asked him about like dairy and stuff. And then he said, oh, yeah, no one are meant to be drinking. I'm like, clicked to my mind. I'm like, okay, he's not like mm. um, ignorant he's gonna to be, it. He's going to be
1: open. Yeah, he's it, open to this. it.
0: And then I uh, made him some food a couple of times. The one thing that was funny was when I went to the city, he wanted to test me. To see if I would crack. Um, he ate like a snack pack in front of me. You it's know, a bit
1: of a thing, isn't it? For like non-vegans. Let's see if we can make yeah. vegan eats.
0: And I had a nice curry from, um, I think it's like IQ Whole Foods. Yeah, and okay. he even tried it. He said that the curry was like way better than what he was ah, eating. But so he had food I eat. didn't say anything. And that was that. Um, but...
1: So he didn't admit that at the time. But now, now he's like, me back oh, yeah. you know, I was really envious of what you ordered.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we first started, eating, the first night he stayed over, I showed him earthlings, And he literally bawled his eyes out. Um, was
1: that planned or just sort of impromptu? Just impromptu, throw just it, yeah? throw
0: on um, the sure, sure. things. Sure, that was it. And that, was, that was lined <laughs> up. It was
1: on the playlist.
0: Um, <laughs> and, yeah, from then he was just kind of like clicking his head, like what the heck. And I just, I didn't force it on him, but. Um, so
1: then he sort of, what, like the next day he said, you know, I think I need to look at look at what I'm doing or was it, oh, it, was, it was.
0: So it took him like two to three months fully to convert to yep. veganism. Um, I just showed him all the different foods he could eat. I went to Funky Pies with him. He had the chicken cheesy pie. I heard
1: a story about that place. So a friend of mine, he, he either used to work there or supply mm. um, the pies there. And he said there's this tradie who'd been coming in. They've been there for years, right? And I think they have like a chunky, they call it a chunky meat or something. Oh, like Funky that. Chunky. Funky Chunky, yeah. right? And, and this place is all vegetarian, um, pies, right? Or yeah. vegan pies. Yeah, or vegan. Yeah. And there was this tradie who'd been coming in for years and years and years. He'd come in and get his pie every know. morning. He didn't know. <laughs> and when he finally found out and the guy told him, he's like, Oh hey, yeah, I've been serving you vegan pie for like years, mm. this guy just freaked right out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they're really they're really good. I mean, like it's a basic pie, but they just taste so good. So that kind of changed Jonah's mind and just making him all the different recipes and stuff, it he made him easier easier for him to convert and educating him on it. Um, and he was, I remember him texting me saying he is considering going vegan. And I was like, yes. So it was good because a lot of people will hate to hear it where you say like, I could not be with someone that's not like vegan. But it's for me personally, it's like, I want to be with someone that has the same values and shares the same interests. Like personally, for me, I would struggle to be with someone that isn't vegan. So I think each to their own.
1: And it, and it makes it a lot easier when you... Yeah. I mean, it makes it easier with, in terms of your conversations that you're having together yeah. if you're at the same level cooking, with the so, and cooking. Even
0: going back to, like, living with my grandparents, um, it was a bit of a struggle because, like, them cooking animal products, I just did not want to smell it or be around it, but you kind of have to put up with it. And it's good that Jonah's being because I don't have to worry about, like, him... And does cooking.
1: he enjoy it now? Like, he, he yeah. loves it?
0: Yeah. Um, he, he He eats really unhealthy, but as he always says,
1: he's like, I'm not vegan for my health. I'm vegan for the animals. Yeah, which is, I mean, I've spoken about it before. There's many reasons to be vegan. Vegan, Some people come from animal and also want to be healthy. Um, But vegan covers everyone. You can do it. You can do it. (laughs) I'm trying
0: to get him healthy. You can do it the
1: unhealthy way. Obviously, I'd like to to see Jonah add in a few nourishing Buddha bowls here and there.
0: He (laughs) he goes through stages of finding things boring and then finding things like really healthy food nice. Even yeah. like meals that I wouldn't eat, like it's too healthy. Yeah, well, like or like if I'm not in the mood for like a water bottle, he'll be like eating it. Like this is so good. I'm like, what? What's wrong with you? I'll <laughs> uh, so.
1: we'll, we'll have to have you over um, to my place in Bondi, and we'll we'll cook something really nourishing. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> <For> sure.
1: <laughs> you left school in January. You started your the following year. You started your YouTube. Yeah. Did you sort of just jump all in and start start creating content and mm. and <laughs> no. and throw yourself in? Or what, how 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 have you gone from there mm. to sort of where you are now?
0: So with YouTube, I started with just my iPhone, a for my tripod, I used a tissue box. I just stuck my phone in the tissue box and I just did that and my videos are very
1: low quality. I love that though. I love it because you gotta start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things for people is that they'll come up with every reason why not to start Dude, and
0: they want to get all the different yes. equipment and they and think they have to have all this perfect and, stuff to do and,
1: and you it's should like get it. started and yes in six months and a year you're going to look back and you're always going to be embarrassed by oh, what you started
0: just, like, i'll be truthful <laughs> like i've put a lot of videos on private especially the talking ones because i'm just a bit embarrassed of how yeah. i am speaking but
1: it's i mean it's just like anything in life like you you you're always going to get better at your craft mm, and yeah. you're always going to look back no matter what it is, whether it's you're a writer or a painter or you're a singer, and you're going to look back and you're always going to be embarrassed by yeah. the initial content. <laughs> and the only way to be embarrassed by your initial content is to get started and improve. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, so you started off with a tissue box and a phone. Yeah. And what, what type of content were you putting up at the start?
0: Just what I eat in a day. Okay. So,
1: what I, what, yeah. and, and what were you eating in a day?
0: Oh, if you go think back to the very first, it was just like, so when I first went vegan, it was mainly just how I'm, I still eat the same pretty much. A lot of fruit, smoothies, um, smoothie bowls, nice cream. I don't really eat it much nice cream anymore.
1: Which for anyone who may not be 100% frozen sure. Frozen bananas blended yep. up into a creamy. So good. Yeah, It's, it's like really you good. can have a breakfast, lunch or dinner. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then for my like main meals,
1: did you do what you do, a lot of Buddha bowls and salads and things now as well?
0: Yes. But um, the, the. Mac and cheese. Oh, sometimes mac and cheese. What I was eating in the beginning, though, was a lot of things that I put into my ebook. So it was just like a lot of experimental foods, veggie patties. Um, I ate a lot of potatoes, rice, beans, um, greens, salads. So relatively
1: simple stuff. Yeah,
0: That's really simple. Um, like stir fries. I loved stir fries, curries, uh, sushi. Okay, cool.
1: And so pretty much though, the way that you were eating then is quite similar food selection to now. Yeah. Were you taking any supplements? Do you take any supplements now?
0: Beginning, I started with a B12 supplement um, and I wasn't really taking that consistently as I'd always forget. And recently I've started to introduce more supplements in my diet um, after getting a blood test.
1: Okay. And was there a particular reason for, for getting a blood test or was that just like a regular checkup?
0: Around April, I started to notice that my vision was getting worse. Um, my vision's been perfect my whole life, but I think it's just started to creep up into between now. And that was after trying on my sister's glasses and realizing that, like, wow, well, things okay. are clearer with glasses so she's, on.
1: she's had some issues with, yeah, her she vision. has
0: a, yeah, we have, we both have astigmatism.
1: Okay, and did you see an opto? You saw an optometrist? Yeah,
0: I didn't see an optometrist until July, so a few months later, um, and I just
1: yeah went with it. Okay, so it was because of. The, the vision that you went and got a blood test or was there uh, other reasons?
0: So my vision was making me feel um, dizzy and disorientated as it does. And then on top of that, I was feeling very lethargic and tired and really just wanted to sleep all the time and had no
1: energy. Okay. So you mentioned that you you may have changed the supplements that you're taking now. Was that a result of the blood test? What did the blood test show?
0: So on the blood test, my iron came back a bit low. So it was a serum iron that was on the lower end of normal. Um, and then my serum ferritin actually came back a bit lower than the average.
1: Okay, which can be quite normal. So the for the listeners, the serum iron is showing how much iron is, is in your blood and is available. And the serum ferritin is more your iron stores. Now, in general, vegetarians... Typically compared to non-vegetarians, will have less iron stores. But that's that's not really a problem. And it actually can be quite beneficial as long as every day your diet is replenishing the amount mm. of iron that you're using. Anything, anything other than iron, what did the blood test show for B12?
0: My B12 actually came back too high, and the doctor told me to stop supplementing. Okay, well. Um, it was because in I think March I started to take a B12 spray. Yeah, I was taking it too consistently because I was just assuming that my levels were probably lower.
1: Okay, so you Um, were just doing the more is better approach. Yeah,
0: which is not ideal. You should get a blood test before you take supplements.
1: Yeah, yeah, particularly more than what the. The, um, the bottle says, it yeah. was probably like a, so it was a spray. It was well, probably the like
0: spray a, said to take uh, one spray one to two times a day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just should have known my results prior to the supplement. Yeah.
1: It was probably like a 200 or 250 yeah. microgram. So a few serve. times a week would have been. Yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, the, the weekly dose that is suggested, so you can take B12 every day mm. or you can take it once a week and people do absorb it differently. Yeah. But the weekly dose is around two thousand to two thousand five hundred micrograms, and the daily dose would be sort of, you know, two hundred and fifty micrograms. But if you are doing that twice a day, yeah, that's <laughs> five hundred micrograms yeah. by seven, three and a half thousand micrograms that's a week. A so um, you are going a little higher than mm. recommended. Okay, so that's B twelve, anything else?
0: Uh, iodine,
1: iodine, iodine. Okay. Cool. So what what did it show for iodine?
0: Um, it was a. Very low, kind of.
1: Okay. And for the listeners again, so iodine is found in sea vegetables like wakami, nori, dulci flakes. It's also in iodized salt.
0: Which I don't
1: have. don't have, yeah. So so a bit of background, the United States and I I believe Australia brought out iodized salt because a large portion of the general public were actually deficient in iodine and iodine is very important for our thyroid and proper functioning of the thyroid so what off the back was there anything any other sort of unusual findings
0: no that was quite quite it really
1: okay and off the back of that did you then set up a plan with your sort of health professional to make any changes to your diet so
0: after I got the blood test results I really just went home and researched the heck out of it all um just so I could have a better understand because I was when the doctor told me you have low iron um I just kind of freaked out and like wanted to get on top of it. But then at the same time, I was like, okay, I understand because um this wasn't like dramatic news to me because I did know I didn't eat enough green vegetables and mm. all that stuff.
1: And I think it's important, again, let's just talk to the listeners here that you're you're a woman of of childbearing age. Yeah. And you're you're vegan, right? Now there's a difference between iron from plants and iron from animals. So I don't know, we've spoken about this off air. So iron from animals is heme iron and iron from plants is non-heme iron. And the the non-heme iron, whilst is is amazing for our body because our bodies can regulate it very well and stop us from absorbing too much, it is less bioavailable than the heme iron. Mm -hmm. So we actually, particularly for women of childbearing age, need to consume a little bit more. And I think it's some some doctors will quote about 1.8 times the amount of heme iron consumption for a vegan woman of childbearing age.
0: Yeah, and that's where um, my mistake was. I didn't have enough education on food combining and absorption and even knowing like eating upwards of like 1.8 times... The iron. They're
1: yeah. the recommended. Yeah, amount. recommended. Yeah. So, when you say food combining, what are you sort of? What are you trying to concentrate on now from a food perspective to boost your iron?
0: So basically, just adding a lot more vitamin C to my meals. I mean, I know some people just do a squeeze of lemon, but I just started adding a squeeze of lemon, more capsicum, tomatoes, all those. Yeah, um, beautiful vegetables. And then... so you're doing that
1: with you like dark greens. Yeah. Or...
0: So basically, I just started um, having green smoothies instead of my acai bowls. I was having big salad bowls, you know, bowls the size of my head and having a lot of like lentils, um, green vegetables. And then um, dinner time was, you know, grains, more kale and spinach and stuff. And all that, yeah.
1: Okay. And were you, did you read about any of the sort of inhibitors, things that can reduce iron absorption? Cacao
0: for me. So I don't have coffee. So that's one thing that didn't really affect me, but cacao. So I was having cacao nibs a lot, chocolate around my meals and stuff. So I cut that out straight away.
1: So now you sort of separate those. Yeah.
0: Separate it um, an hour before or after.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's iron and B12 you've stopped taking. Yes. I've
0: stopped taking my B12 supplement and another thing with the B12 was it being acne related. So my levels being too high, I don't know definite, but I do feel like it has contributed to my acne. So I've stopped supplementing for the time being until I get my next blood test. Then I'll decide whether I'm going to supplement again.
1: I think that's important. Like I know B vitamins in particular, yeah. some people do have some, some issues with them and their skin. Mm. But like going back to the earlier point of more is not always better. Yeah. So like if your blood test is showing something's way too high, work mm. with your health practitioner to get it back into yeah. to normal levels. Okay, so that's that's B12. And what about iodine? What are you doing with that?
0: So I've started to take an um, iodine spray. Okay. I did try to get into like eating like the Dulse flakes, but... I just can't handle the taste, so I feel like a spray is just easier for yeah, me to do.
1: It's pretty uh, oceany. Yeah. <laughs> so I think with uh, with iodine, I think it's a it's a small amount anyway. It's like one hundred and fifty yeah. micrograms a day, yeah. a day, and it's a little bit more important. And I think you need a little bit more if you're pregnant. Mm. So I think in the states it's around two hundred and fifty micrograms a day. In Australia, around two hundred and twenty micrograms a day. But either way, it's a, it's a fairly small amount that you need per day. Okay. So, I mean, you've made all of those changes. Yeah. Have you, how are you feeling You know, physically and mentally yourself since making those changes?
0: So originally, like I think a few weeks after I got a blood test, I actually went and saw a naturopath to kind of just get a second opinion and a bit more guidance. And she recommended, well, I took my blood test to her and she recommended a few other things to take and a few other things I bought prior to seeing her as well. Um, was a probiotic, which helps with um, the gut and absorption. And then also magnesium, which has been a big game changer for me as magnesium is important for creating energy and then also regulating your nervous system. And it's helped me as I was experiencing a bit of anxiety related issues, um, especially when training, getting my heart rate up. And then once finding so that it's all kind of happened around the same time. So I was experiencing that. And then when I had my blood test results and finding out that, you know, maybe my iron's a bit low. And then also my vision is kind of not as good. It was just creating more anxiety. So I need, I, I was on edge a lot. I was having uh, trouble sleeping because I could always hear my heart beating a bit too heavy. And magnesium has really helped to... Helping
1: relax you as well. Though, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's helped to relax as well as giving me so much energy. In the beginning, I was taking it before bed because that's what she recommended. But after seeing her... Like a few weeks later, I had to change it to having the magnesium in the morning because it's okay. just yeah it gives me too much energy, which is a good thing, but yeah, not before bed.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a tricky situation. You're you're putting yourself out there to the public, mm. you know, posting about health and you know posting delicious food and recipes. But we just all need to, I guess, remember we we're all human. Yeah, and it's it's experiences like this where you get to know your body. Yeah, and you get to know what foods work really well for your body Mm. what nutrients are particularly important for you to tolerate do you need to work on your gut health so you're absorbing more of a or b and you know so it's not really one size fits all so it's like you often a blood test is a great place to start yeah it
0: was a it was a negative in the beginning because i'm like oh all these things are wrong but it's a positive now because i've learned a lot more i've corrected all the issues and i'm feeling much better now i know what to do in the future
1: Okay, so you you just mentioned magnesium and the fact that you needed to take it in the morning rather than the night because yeah. it was it was keeping you up. And you you've also mentioned that you you prior to getting your blood test, were feeling a little bit tired and, and lethargic. It's got me thinking. What's your what's your sleep like? What's your um, night routine sort of before bed? Horrible.
0: Like? <laughs> this year has been very um, bad. It will actually before. Being in a relationship with Jonah, I was in bed by ten thirty, asleep. Wake up five five thirty a.m., and that was my routine. I was so strict on it, but I loved it. And you know, over the years, I just got worse and worse. And especially this year, going to bed at like one a.m., two a.m., which obviously is making me very tired as well. It's contributing to it, but yeah, I mainly like find it just time creeps up when you. It ends up being like nine o'clock, especially in Sydney. Time goes so fast, and then I end up just doing everything I need to do late at night. And this year I've also been working on my ebook. So I've been cooking at midnight, which not good. But lately I have gone back into a bit of a routine sleeping latest midnight. So I'm getting there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, creating the amount of content though that you create yeah. is so time consuming. You,
0: you just you kind of just want to you want to finish it so it doesn't go on to the next day
1: and next day. And so you're like cooking and then also editing at night. Like Yeah,
0: editing videos, um, photos and stuff. And I mean I, I don't need to do it in that moment, but it's kinda mm. just, you know.
1: Yeah, but as on. you said, like it's when when it's sort of top of your mind, yeah. you've done the cooking, yeah. it's easy to, and quick to edit because you remember what you said there, what you did there. Mm. Um, but at the same time, staring at computer screen or, or your mobile phone right before you try and switch yeah. off is very hard. And it, it can mean that the first few hours of your sleep are mm. not that deep and, and wasted, yeah. you know, essentially. Do you, What time do you sort of normally wake up?
0: Um, Anywhere from... Now it's summer. In winter, I was waking up, you know, seven eight am. Now that's summer, like around five thirty to seven, anywhere between there.
1: Okay, so we're, we're sort of back onto the creating content side of things and editing videos and whatnot. What I'd, I'd love to dive deeper into is the role of social media and these platforms and the impact of them on your life. Like, do you do you love using Instagram and, and YouTube and putting content out there?
0: I, I do love it. I love being able to spread a message to such a large amount of people and I love being able to share. So my focus always has been on food and fitness. I love being able to share what I personally do in hopes to inspire people to be healthier and more active.
1: And is there are there, are there parts of social media that you find hard to deal with or taxing or like how, how do you separate how do you go about separating social media and this this Completely, you know, it's completely twenty four seven world that's on your phone. How do you separate that from your social life's time with Jonah, with friends, family? How do you, how do you switch off and balance that?
0: To be honest, it's it can be a bit tricky. I don't even really put too much thought to it. It, it. it does get stressful. So YouTube's more stressful for me. Instagram's easy. YouTube is more stressful stressful because you have to put much more effort into it, like you know, filming long videos and editing for how hours. How the average video? Um, So, over the years of me being on YouTube, um, the main focus has been like what I eat in a day. They're quite easy ish to film and edit since it's, you know, Mm -hmm. simple stuff. But
1: what would, how long do you think one video would take you to film all the parts, edit it, and what's the duration of that video? So,
0: like what I eat in a day, videos are like, you know, day in life vlogs, they take the day to film. um, And then editing can take anywhere from like an hour to five hours. And some of like the recipe videos, I remember I did last Christmas, a Christmas video that took me, I tried to film it on one day that failed. I already spent like three hours doing it. In total, it took me like probably eight hours to film. And then to edit it, it took me another six hours. And that video, like, be completely honest, didn't even get that many views, which was like, like, that's, I think the biggest part is I know numbers are just like, it's just number. Yeah. But kind of sometimes more on YouTube because you're putting that extra effort into it and it, you're giving people what they have asked for, and when it doesn't get that many views of people engaging to it, it's a bit like, oh, yeah. I, mean, I
1: don't know. Yeah, well, I can understand that. You put a lot of time and in effort yeah. into it, and you want to, the, the number is just a number, but the, for you that's an indication as to Who's how engaging. well was yeah. it received and yeah. did people share it with their friends because they liked it. You raise an interesting point there, and I'm sure the listeners are wondering, like, how does YouTube... Work is it do you are you able to do you have to work another job to, to have an income or can you make money off YouTube and Instagram?
0: So basically, over the years, I've made an income through my ebook, and then on top of that, there's YouTube. You're not going to be making a crap load of money off YouTube unless you're getting millions and millions of views and have millions of subscribers.
1: So it's essentially just free content that you're putting out there. And in,
0: in a way. And then you get you get main, like mainly the income through sponsored
1: videos. Yeah, sure.
0: um, but you don't want to do too many sponsored videos. Otherwise, people just don't want to watch it. So that's like the tricky part is...
1: Because it looks a little contrived and a little bit like... People don't like it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, it depends. It's authentic, I guess.
0: Yeah. It, it depends who your audience
1: is, though, I guess. Like, Have you noticed that? That those videos don't get <laughs> as good uh, engagement mm-hmm. and feedback?
0: Oh, the it's comments? M- more so... so this year, I have had the opportunity to do more sponsored videos, which is great. I was you know, obviously going to take a part of that, but I have noticed that my views have dropped.
1: But I'm assuming um, that if you're approached by brand, you're only ever doing it anyway, if they're aligned
0: with Yeah, of course. Messages. Of course. Um, the sponsored videos I'm doing as well as a lot of other vegans in the community getting those opportunities as well. And it's brands that I genuinely would use myself and would buy. But then again, it's still not that
1: many sponsored videos mm. yeah well i mean you've got to make an income somehow yeah. in order to be as you said like some of these videos are taking hours and hours mm. and hours to create mm. and they have the potential to reach so many people and inspire positive change so there's that kind of balance of like how can you get enough income to allow you to be able to yeah. do that yeah um or else if you're going and working a nine-to-five job
0: you're gonna have time to film those videos no content yeah exactly
1: um so there's a, always that sort of balancing act and Okay, so what about negative messages or negative comments? And is there anything, any part of Instagram that sort of gets you feeling down or, you know, do you have any experience about that or any advice for people?
0: So for me, um, I don't want to give attention to it, but we'll talk about it because it's the stupidest site ever. It's called Guru Gossip. It's this forum. The way I came across it was I was just, you know how sometimes you Google your name, just see what comes up on the first page. And it came up with the forum of about me. I'm like, okay, click on and say, so what, "What is this?" And there's like probably I think twenty or sixty pages, no, maybe sixty posts.
1: Oh, sixty about, posts. Yeah, about, about you, about me. That's oh, a novel. And it's not just
0: about me. Oh, it's it's not just about you. It's just all, it's like different forums for like all different YouTubers. Oh. So there's just people people sitting yeah. at their desk on their phone, just talking crap.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of negativity.
0: Yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't get any negative, you know, comments or anything like that. I rarely ever get, like, people hating on me and stuff, um, I guess, because I've just always kept out of the drama in the vegan community, because you've probably seen this yeah, in a lot a over lot the years. Of, there
1: is politics, isn't there? I mean, I, again, I'm not going to drop names, but there's YouTube accounts, which is literally dedicated to doing <laughs> video to bring people. Mm, down.
0: Yeah. Um, like, so so I do I've, you have so
1: much time for this negativity? I've always
0: kept myself out of that over the years, and it's just generally because, I just don't have time to focus on negative stuff in my life. But when I came across that, I was very like shocked that people are like saying that stuff about people. And one of the main things were about money. So income. When I lived in our old apartment, because it was like a high rise building, people were like, oh, she's so rich. Um, Her parents just feed her money and pay for her rent and blah, blah, blah. Since I moved out of my grandparents from when I was 18, I haven't asked for a cent from anyone i'm grateful i've been able to support myself from 2018
1: people can really type whatever they want on the on the internet yeah and unfortunately once it's posted it's there for everyone yeah. to read. So i think the key message there is like to like you don't just assume yeah don't i mean from their end don't assume yeah great but ultimately there's always going to be someone who can say something yeah
0: yeah i know that yeah and
1: like you said you just have to to avoid it as soon as you realize that and you don't let it affect you yeah and you stick to having a positive mind which is what you're talking about then you just move on Mm. and concentrate on the 99.9 percent of your community yeah who are loving your content are inspired by it and they're all going off and making positive change. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know? yeah.
1: So that negative part is just part and parcel with putting yourself out there. Yeah. And the part about, I mean, particularly in Australia, there's a thing called tall poppy syndrome. You heard of that? So tall poppy syndrome is if someone is been seen to be successful, mm. we want to drag them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's unfortunately, it's like probably a lot of people don't even think about it. It's just like a natural thing. Oh, that person's doing great. Let's, let's just, let's try and drag them down. Mm. Australia particularly doesn't want to see anyone really succeed. Mm. It's just a weird in. mentality. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, like you can see lots of people don't want to work together or collaborate for that reason. So yeah, it's interesting to get your take on that. You work for yourself. You've got no one telling you what to do. You don't work a nine to five job. What what motivates you? What keeps you motivated every morning to wake up? continue creating content for Instagram and YouTube and, and not sort of slacking off?
0: For me, my motivation is really just enjoyment. I'm really grateful I'm able to do what I enjoy as you know a job and earn an income from that. And of course, I have days where I just don't feel like doing much. But at the same time, because it's doing what I really enjoy, it's quite easy. I don't have to think about too much motivation behind it. It just comes natural.
1: Doesn't feel like you're sort of forcing yourself yeah, it doesn't to do feel like something. I'm, I have
0: to force myself to get up and then
1: And do you yeah. feel good? Like when you when you make a new recipe and it comes out better than you expected or as good as, like is that a satisfying yes. feeling?
0: <laughs> literally, um, like brownies for my ebook, because my ebook's going to be oil-free, like refined sugar free, mostly gluten-free as well.
1: It's yeah, that's like, challenging. It wow. is a
0: challenge. And I literally made the brownies recipe about like probably 10 times before I perfected it. And once I go, like when I make recipes and they finally work out, it's, you know, it's satisfying. Are you, are
1: you sort of like shouting in the house, like dancing around? I'm or? just
0: shoving it down Jonah's throat. <laughs> <laughs> eat
1: it. So he's, he's the guinea pig that yeah. tries it all?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Even if it, it tastes bad, he still eat
1: it. The You mentioned that on your on your social media, you you do food, but you also do a lot of fitness stuff. Mm. And this year I've seen you particularly, you seem to be concentrating a bit more on on fitness, would you say? I've noticed like a few more videos of your workouts and things that you're doing. What what types of workouts do um, you prefer to do?
0: I love to do weight training and then hit cardio. you were training
1: at City Gym, right? Fitness First. Fitness First. Yeah. I swear I thought you were tra- doing it. You did a few sessions. At oh, yeah, gym,
0: yeah, right? with With um, L and PT.
1: With L. Okay, yeah. Because I was training at City Gym for a little bit. It's all
0: right. Yeah. It's a good gym, a lot of equipment. We, but...
1: We've built a gym now at our warehouse, so oh, I haven't okay. been, Yeah. It's kind of good because you don't have to wait for everyone to oh, yeah. you know, get on to the equipment. It's main gym. <laughs> it's not a huge gym that we've built, but it's got enough. Like you've got I can do it's got like the squat rack and mm. you can do chin-ups and there's a Smith machine and there's dumbbells and whatnot. Mm. Like it, it it serves its purpose. We're gonna put a rope in as well and cool. roof and yeah. a sled and all that.
0: This year, yeah, it's just been focusing more on like body weight training and I think just going to fitness first. There's a lot more equipment because I used to go to Fernwood, which is an all girls gym. Okay. Um, so they didn't have as much equipment, but my training has kind of always been the same over the years, a lot of weight training and cardio, more hip training.
1: Okay. Social media wise where, you know, now that it sounds like you're feeling better generally since you've, you've gone and seen a naturopath and whatnot. So, and you know, you're, you're putting, are you going to be putting more content out there? What's your plans for 2019 in terms of content and the direction that you sort of want to see things go?
0: Um, so definitely next year I'd wanna get straight into it. And been trying to work onto my ebook this year, but because I've focused like I'm trying to stress and focus on to doing YouTube, it's hard to like balance it all. So I am actually thinking right now of just taking a break until January. Um I don't know when this podcast is probably gonna come out. But
1: yeah, early January.
0: Oh well? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll be back by then on YouTube. It's just on YouTube, I'm gonna take a break from it. Just for like Just to have more time to focus on me and get into a routine. So I'm ready for like next year.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sure all of your community and and the plant proof community who are listening now and will no doubt follow you will be very much looking forward to seeing you on YouTube in 2019 and and the content that you will be putting out there. I know I am. Do you do you often think, stop and think about the impact that your message has on a greater scale in terms of the impact it can have on individuals' health, but also the impact it can have on animals and the planet. And how important for you is that?
0: Yes, I do um, acknowledge that. Like it has a really big impact and it can reach so many people. I've had a lot of people say that they've transitioned to a vegan diet from seeing my videos or just they've they've tried the recipes I make and it's made it so much easier in their lifestyle, which is amazing because I love being able to bring some light into people's life, even if it's just changing one meal a day, it's, a good feeling to be able to like, you know, help people. Not I mean like I'm not doing too much in like the sense of like helping people directly, but it's just more so giving them inspiration to Yeah, but
1: you're you're showing people that what's possible. Yeah. You're showing people ideas of how to to make a plant-based food taste great yeah. and that it's simple. Yeah. And that's inspiring in itself. Are you are you ever thinking, you know, more deeply about the impact of the content that you're putting out there? impact that it's having on things like animal agriculture and things like sustainability you know, in the planet? Yes.
0: Yeah, so I'm really happy about that aspect because my main focus of being vegan was animal cruelty and to be able to reduce that in people's lives through me sharing my food and just my healthy lifestyle, inspiring that people don't have to be like me, but just to change one meal in a day or, you know, to change... Introduce recipes into their diet is great because that's ultimately at the end gonna reduce animal mm-hmm. suffering. It
1: all adds up. Yeah. Okay. So outside of of making this content and doing what you do on a daily basis, we'll call it work uh, from a work point of view. How do you how do you like to spend your time? What do you and Jonah like to get up to? Do you travel? Like, what, what do you do? Watch movies? You said you don't watch much TV. How do you spend your time?
0: So. Outside of doing the you know YouTube and Instagram stuff, um, what I love to do is be at the beach. I'm, I'm grateful though, because what I genuinely love to do is what I'm able to do for work. So even if I'm not filming a video or taking photos, I'm still cooking or going to the gym and stuff or doing all like that everything. So
1: So it's really it's really well aligned with what your lifestyle yeah, would be yeah. anyway.
0: So being at the beach, training, cooking. So what
1: people say that is you, that's like that's <laughs> yeah, so legit,
0: legit yeah. Yeah. Um and then aside from that, spending time with family. So when I do kind of take more of a break from being online, I'm either up at Gold Coast with my parents or, you know, visiting my grandparents in Sydney, um, traveling overseas. I mean we don't have we haven't gone anywhere crazy just to Bali, but it's still yeah really fun.
1: What was your favourite place to eat in Bali?
0: Our favorite place is at the moment is definitely Give Cafe.
1: Give Cafe, yeah. Kind
0: Community and Peloton.
1: Yeah, I haven't been to Give Cafe yet, but I've been to Kind oh, in really um great. in Seminyak. Peloton's right up there, it's definitely mm. one of my favorites. Yeah, they're good. Okay, so if if anyone listening is is traveling to Bondi or to Sydney, where where would you recommend in Sydney that they they go and check out to to enjoy some nice food?
0: In Sydney, we really love Kindness Cafe.
1: I love Kindness Cafe too.
0: Not just the food is amazing, but the owner's... Yeah, they're great. She is a beautiful human and wants to do a lot and change, you know... Yeah,
1: have a, you had the tofu rice paper rolls there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I've had every, uh, everything on the menu. <laughs>
1: and, and the, um, what is it, like a coconut lime curry? Yeah. Oh, coconut lime tofu. delicious. Good.
0: Other than that, Bodhi. Yum Bodhi's
1: great too. That's been, been there for like 20 years or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, I eat way too much dumplings there. And then... Recently, where we have been obsessed with is vegan Lebanese street food yeah, in Bondi, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, we love Tanya's Conscious Feast. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: so, so Conscious Feast and vegan Lebanese are both both in Bondi. Yeah, yeah. So Bondi
0: I, definitely needs need yeah, some more.
1: Does. Yeah, well, Conscious Feast is now opening up a physical location, so exciting. You'll be able to come in and and dine with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Geez, we've covered a lot of territory. Is there anything that you think we we missed or anything that, you, you know, um, parting words that you'd like to say to your community, the plant-proof community?
0: So recently, I've started to create my own like cakes and stuff to sell to like a restaurant to then for them to sell on their store. Nice. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I'm doing it through Lebanese
1: street food. Okay. So, so when you, can we see that?
0: Oh, it's in there at the moment. It's um, in there now. Oh, not exactly like right at this moment. It's sold out today. But yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> Um,
0: I'm going to be making some more stuff.
1: So do you make them there or where how, So,
0: i I make it at home and recently also done my food safety supervisor certificate. So I'm now I can supervise your food. <laughs> and that gives me the ability to be able to make it from home.
1: Okay, so, awesome. And so what tell me tell me about some of these these treats. What are they? So
0: the main ones I've done which people have really been loving is the salted caramel chocolate cheesecake. Okay. Um, how does
1: that work? Tell me how do you make that? Secret recipe.
0: Is my, Secret recipe. My e-book. Okay,
1: well, <laughs> well, give me give me an idea also, of so, the of the filling. Like, what's the also, cheesy so made out? It's of?
0: A chocolate base, and then the second layer is like a chocolate raw cheesecake base. So it's you know cashews mm. and all that stuff, and then a date caramel layer, and then chocolate on top. Um, I've been doing brownies and all that stuff in there as okay. well. But
1: I'm gonna give you a challenge. What? You ready? Yeah. So when when I transitioned to a vegan diet. There's nothing that I've missed at all. What is it? There's one thing. There's a place in Sydney called Papa's. Have you heard of Papa's?
0: Yeah, I think so, maybe. They
1: do cakes and treats and stuff, and they're oh, down yeah. in Hall Street. And every time I walk past them now, I just don't, I don't even look in there. It's, it's the one thing that I look back on and I'm like, damn, I missed that cheesecake. And this, this Papa's cheesecake's famous, right? But it's very far from vegan. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there, and I'll, I'll ask them how they make it. I'll get whatever their base formula is. It's full of animal products, mm. but I need you to work out how to do a vegan version. <laughs> okay. What is like you can it like vanilla cheesecake. Put it in Conscious Feast on the menu for people to buy because it needs to be done.
0: i for this challenge.
1: Okay. <laughs> so hopefully, by the time any, anyone listening comes and dines at Conscious Feast, that cheesecake is hopefully. in there. We'll, yeah. um, we'll call it Tess's Cheese.
0: <laughs> but um, <laughs> next year, I definitely want to do markets. So I hope to be at Bondi Markets at one point. Okay, great. Um, and I kind of just want to like. On the Saturday
1: or the Sunday or both? I
0: think the Saturday probably. Saturday. Yeah, it's um, more of
1: food day, isn't it?
0: I'm a bit nervous about like playing for it and stuff, but it'll get there. Um, and so will you
1: get down there yourself?
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So get amongst it. That's aside from social media, I'm really excited to be doing a, something else outside of it as well that I'm still very passionate about, which is the food. So okay. that's why I definitely want to get into like doing more in the future. Awesome. One day in the future, I'll have me a cafe or something.
1: You will. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. We've, yeah, As I said, we've covered a lot of territory. It was it, not too messy. No, no, no. It was definitely not messy. It was very, very informative. I've learned a lot about you that I didn't know. And as I said, I'm looking forward to 2019, seeing the new content that you put out on YouTube and whatnot. And yeah, I just, uh, you know, thank you for coming on the show. If, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and, and perhaps they haven't followed you, where can they find you?
0: So on Instagram or YouTube, at Tessbeg T-E-S-S-S-B-E-G, that's basically
1: it. Beautiful. Yeah. Nice and easy. Well, that's it for this episode. And, you know, hopefully I'll have you back on the show and we can, we can do a bit of an update in a year or so. Cool. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Tess. so much. Well, friends, that's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Tess, follow her on at Tess Beg, T-E-S-S-B-E-G, T-E-S-S-S-B-E-G. On Instagram and let her know what you thought of this episode. She would love to hear from you. I loved how honest and raw Tess was. Tells it like it is. Just like many people around the world, Tess has had and is still going through some health challenges, but it's great to see her paying more attention to the finer details of what's on her plate and making up her regular diet. I think it's really important that if you are getting any signs from your body that something isn't quite right, that you take the step to speak to health professionals to identify what the root cause is and then build a plan around getting things back on track. Personally, I would recommend you speak with a local health professional who understands how important proper nutrition is rather than a more typical Western medicine approach whereby medications are often first on the treatment plan. Getting a blood test is a great place to start for anyone who's just not feeling quite right I have a blog on this at plantproof.com. Find someone aligned with your belief system and someone you trust for sound advice. It's far easier to tackle issues when they're in their infancy, rather than letting them persist for a long time without addressing them. Before I go, I want to wish all of you a very happy holidays and festive season. I hope you get to spend quality time with friends, family, or even just by yourself whatever it is that you'll be doing over this period, I genuinely hope it's a happy and safe period filled with plenty of great times. See you in the next episode.